Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How's it going, friends? Welcome to Swim Podcast, episode number 20. The someone who isn't me on this one is singer, songwriter, and musician Billy Corgan. I was really excited that this came about because I've been in like an eight-month whirlwind of Smashing Pumpkins obsession, uh, which sort of, I thought, culminated in me getting together with a mate and writing a bunch of songs that are just total pumpkins worship. But it actually transpired that it culminated in somebody emailing me saying, would you like to speak to Billy for uh, Radio 1, but also for your podcast um, when he's over in London? And I said, yes, please, that would be wonderful. So Billy was over. He was here to talk about his incredible new album, Ojalala, which came out a few days ago now. He came into Radio 1. We had a great chat for my show where we discussed some of the music that really influenced him into becoming the artist that he is. He had all the anecdotes um which is it's a fantastic interview actually um maybe keep an eye on my twitter because i'll probably post when that's going to air it won't be for for a minute i don't think but um if you're a billy corgan and pumpkins fan it's well worth checking out it was it was wicked um then the following day um at the rsa there was a screening of his film pillbox which he wrote to accompany the album and the film is is great it's um there's loads of amazing symbolism in there it's quite psychedelic at moments it's a really beautiful esoteric piece of work and 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 it accompanies the album fantastically there was a screening of the film then there was a short q a and then he played a bunch of acoustic songs from the album but also from the smashing pumpkins back catalog to about i guess there must have been like 30 or 40 people there maybe it was very special and and uh and i was overjoyed to see it but that day, I actually sat down with him at his hotel and we spoke for uh, for an hour or so um, for this episode. Um, with most of the podcasts, if you're a regular listener, you'll know that there's no real shape to what I want the conversation to be. I'd rather just sit down with somebody and see where we end up. And this episode's a great one for that, I think. I mean, we covered a bunch of stuff. The conversation goes... Uh, it covers and occasionally skirts around, I guess, subjects like creativity and music and politics and art and propaganda and aliens and spirituality, etc. Uh, and I hope you're going to enjoy it. And I think it's appropriate that this is episode number 20, because if we're going to get into it, and we do very much so in the in the interview, you might know that 20 is an auspicious number because within the tarot, it represents the card judgment. If you look at that, it's an angelic figure sounding a clarion call 
which is kind of pulling the grey sallow dead bodies from their graves to a life anew and uh, a life awoken. They're kind of gazing up in awe at a flag-bearing Matatron whilst the seeds are raging around them and it represents reflection and self-evaluation much the same way as the 20th hexagram in the I Ching which is Kuan which represents a need for inner stillness and contemplation to see your role within the world all of which seems quite uh, relevant to this podcast that you're about to hear so this is billy corgan enjoy podcasting or something there's like the general depth of the dialogue is coming up out of the journalism world more into something that's more like the conversations people really have yeah which for me as an artist those are the conversations i want to hear from people i admire yeah like i actually want to hear like how did you get there don't give me the soundbite answer like Hmm. like we know it's a struggle and it's okay. Yeah. It's like not a big deal. We all go through it, you know. I think that's the problem though, isn't it? Because I, it, the reason I started doing this was because at work, it's everything's got to be short interviews. Yeah. Can't have a thing longer than this. And I'm like, well, that's great. Mm-hmm. But if uh, the flip side of that is great, that I get to play more music, which at the end of mm-hmm. the day is yeah. the important thing for, mm-hmm. for a wider reach, I guess. But for me personally, I'd mm. much rather just talk to just talk to people mm. about everything, mm. and then you get a feeling of why th- why they make the art they make. I also think it's more unifying. Yeah, you know, I think people are sort of struggling sometimes for like, how do I fit in? Mm. And you know, the great promise of the internet is you're so important, you're so important, and you know, working in professional wrestling, you know, what most people don't realize is they're being worked by the tech companies. Of course. They're setting up a system that is reaffirming your bias that you are important and manipulating you to get you to give them something for free. Yeah. Even if it's just data. Yeah. You know, and most people are so happy to go along because they're getting the confirmation that they are important. And they are important, but not at the level they're being presented. It's a manipulation. Yeah. And I get sort of offended by the manipulation and so it's hard if you're a true outlier and you're trying to say to people, like, that's not exactly an accurate picture. And they're saying, you know, sod off because, you know, I've got my, you know, I've got my phone and I don't need you. It's like, yeah, yeah by the way, you notice what the tech companies use to get you? They use content. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. they don't just get you on the technology. They get you on the app. They get you on the on the video. They get you on the cat playing the piano. You know, there's there's something to no there's something to it you yeah. know what I mean yeah it's still a content driven world yeah it's interesting and if it? they can if they can buy content creation you know go ahead and try it's never worked before yeah you can't buy Jimi Hendrix I mean you can own his contract but you can't buy Jimi Hendrix yeah. Jimi Hendrix is worth a lot more than what you think he is and time has proven that again and again that when mm. you get those people they should be sort of cocooned and celebrated instead the culture sort of try to strip them of their resources because it's in their best interest to kind of make hay with them that's why you go read the interviews of like the stones or Jimi hendrix from like 1967 they're so stupid and reductionist yeah and we too bad we don't have these more valuable volumes of material to actually understand what they were going through at the time Mm. so we just end up with the sort of headline clickbait version of like he lit his hair on fire you know it's like yeah well how did he make purple haze i mean i'd like to read a book on how he made purple haze you know yeah. not the little cute story in the studio yeah but then those things that they're indefinable anyway aren't they like great art is as flood used to say one man's meat is another man's snare drum <laughs> amazing <laughs> he's a wonderful man he is yeah yeah i think that's interesting as well you saying that because it just it just seems that 
everybody is so enamored with all the latest technology and, and everything that comes with that that they don't even realize that they're yeah like you said the internet is this thing that should be it's such an amazing opportunity to unify everything you know well, all resources at your fingertips and you want to look at cats playing pianos which is fine because I, I like to look at those things too once in a while but well there's that's the age old thing right like why does America have an electoral college system yeah any, for assuming most people wouldn't know what that is hmm. The Electoral College was put in by the founders of America to prevent mob rule voting. Hmm. So basically you have to kind of win enough states and then the states vote. So you have to win the state and then you get the vote of the states. So yeah. it's not a popular vote, even yeah. though that's why it was big when things like Clinton running around saying I won the popular vote doesn't mean anything because uh, Trump tactically won the Electoral College, which was put in again to keep from the mob rule. Hmm. which is the more popular candidate can win because the idea is you have to appeal to the entire country in a, in a balanced form instead of just going after the population centers and winning on numbers alone. But that's the key, isn't it, in a balanced form? Because there wasn't a lot. It didn't seem to me, from an outside perspective, as somebody that doesn't live there, mm. it doesn't seem like there was an awful lot of balance to what was being said at times. There was, there was more than it seemed. Yeah. Again, again, yeah. I'm media, seeing, yeah. yeah. Media weaponizes um, messaging for its own agenda. Yeah. Look at it this way. You and I can sit here and have a scrum about anything. Hmm. Sports, politics, race, religion, whatever. The people who really run the world, they're playing the long game. Hmm. The idea is, hey, I'm sitting on top of the mountain and in 20 years and in 50 years, my family's still going to be sitting on top of the mountain. Yeah. You guys have your little fight about pick your topic hmm. fight away <laughs> up here at the top of the mountain we just want to make sure we're going to stay in control so yeah. we'll feed you and point you and direct you any way we want do you feel like people are becoming more aware of that though oh yeah i mean the the the, the and what will be the outcome do you think violence most likely yeah i mean that seems to be the answer for a lot of things at the moment well let me start by saying this is no endorsement. This yeah. is strictly a read, like a guy on the pitch making a read of where to shoot the ball, yeah. right? Okay, it's like, where's the weakness in the defense? Okay, so for, let's assume for 300, 400, 700, 1,000 years, there's been a ruling class mm. that has consistently fed people like us a message, which is trust the institution of dot, dot, dot government, media, your local constable. Trust it, trust it, trust it, trust it, trust it. We know nothing to see here. We've all been there when the cop goes, nothing to see here, move along. Hmm. Okay. The world doesn't work that way anymore. Any of us can sit here now in an instant on our telephones and do deep dives on, you know, British hegemony in 1642 and how they messed up Africa. Hmm. or how the Belgians messed up the Congo or, yeah. or whatever. You can't hide anymore, right? So anybody who can do math, like one plus one equals two, can start to put together pieces and say, okay, number one, the story I was told about the past isn't true. Yeah. So what becomes the natural assumption is what you're telling me about the present not true. Hmm. Okay. Now, we've all been in this situation where somebody is lying to us. It can be a friend it can be a lover whatever when you catch somebody in a lie one of two things happens they either admit to the lie 
which ends the lie and now begins a different process, or they double down on the lie. Yeah. Okay. So what do you see happening a lot now? You see a doubling and a tripling and a quadrupling on the lie. Why? Because the people on the other side of this equation don't want to deal with the consequences of the truth. Yeah. Perfect then, example. Let's take a slightly non-political tact, and I don't want to hog the conversation. No, that's fine. But just to finish the point, they'll do a poll in America. Norm, you know, like how many people believe in extraterrestrial life or aliens? Consistently, 75, 80%, 65%. Yeah. Okay, so the, the majority of Americans, based on experience, empirical evidence, or just intuition, hmm. say... There's got to be somebody out there. Yeah. They might be two feet tall and green, but there's got to be somebody, even just Some mathematically. Yeah. Okay. So if you have the majority of the country in a fairly educated Western country that believes that there is extraterrestrial life, why does the government continue a program which is obviously meant to obscure those facts and, and things that are worthy of investigation? Yeah. But do you think that there's... See, this is an interesting one because it seems like within the last uh, 50 years, I guess, approximately, the public at large has obviously been inundated with everything from, from the invaders back in the day through to the X-Files, which was obviously like a, mm -hmm. a hugely important I even visited the X-Files set once back in the day, just so you know. I watched them film an episode and hung out with them for a day. It was awesome. That, yeah, that About rules. like 96 or something, you know? Awesome. Yeah. And somewhere in my stuff, I, gave, I have a, 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 a watch that David Duchovny gave me. It was the Fox Mulder watch. So I have it in my, my little stash of memorabilia. Amazing. Which must be incredible. Yeah. It's, it's in the list of things like cool stuff I got to do because I was yeah. in the right place at the right time. Yeah. But it just seems like that everybody's been drip-fed all of this information through fiction that everybody's so desensitized now that so that if there was this huge revelation everybody'd be like meh well we figured that out anyway which is why i think you have a poll like that and 75 percent of the population in the u.s will be like well we believe this this is a thing well maybe it's that's why it's been drip fed yeah but you, it just seems like we're past the point now where where anyone's going to be surprised surely I, obviously the the ramifications against well everything actually <laughs> but I, I i'm sorry but to go back to the original point um we just shot off on a whole other yeah yeah but i, I I'm think which i'm no no it's it's all good but i'm i look how do we get here right hmm. you said what happens and i said violence okay yeah. so let me let me qualify why i said violence again with no endorsement i do not believe in public or political violence in any form it's it's against my religion okay but when you have a controlling force that refuses to admit the obvious, they are doubling and tripling down on something that eventually is going to come back to bite them. Hmm. It may be 20 years, it may be two months, it may be 200 years. But eventually, that schism between the truth and the reality of people on the street is going to come to the head. Yeah. So let's look quickly at the last election without getting into politics. What did you have? You had a populist candidate on the right and a populist candidate on the left that probably would have won the primaries if the thing wasn't rigged. Hmm. That's pretty, at least to most people, that's pretty obvious. So what does that say? The political center is no longer satiating the curiosity and the intuition of the populace. Yeah. So it splits in two directions because if the center is not going to do it for you, you're going to go to the street to look for the, the guy in the soapbox or the woman on the soapbox who resonates with you like, hey, at least this person understands what the hell I'm saying. Yeah. 
So well, there's a lot of that stuff going on in the world. Yeah, and, and it does seem all to be reaching ahead. But then I think that there's other things that... that oh, I kind of want to go off on so many tangents now. Something, okay, as a sort of stream of consciousness thing, you're saying about things coming to a head and, and technology being used to almost uh, um, appease people at large. Well, that, seem, that seems to be part of the plan maybe for just selfish reasons, like it's just capitalism. Like, yeah, of course. As long as I can get you to stay in my digital ghetto, you won't go into somebody else's. Hmm. So if I got to feed you a bunch of BS to keep you there, even if it's an AI bot telling me that I have to feed you a certain kind of news or a certain kind of clothing to make you think you're you're in the cool club. Well, I'm going to do it because I'm going to keep you in my digital ghetto. I mean, well, that's, this, this that's, is, that's capitalism. Yeah, but then that's interesting that you say about um, like an AI bot because that's the, that's the point I was going to get to. The thing that I feel is coming to a head mm -hmm. is obviously like this sort of Kurzweilian idea of the, the singularity happening in, what, to, in uh, 27... Whatever, yeah, but the frightening years. thing about the Kurzweil thing um, is that class, and tell me if I'm wrong because I don't have a ton of knowledge about it. Is me neither, the, but they're sort talking. of into the idea of man verging with machine. Yeah, well, I mean that was not his... not man achieving a Buddha-like sentience that's similar to the Christ yeah. and 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 Buddha, but hey, I'm going to use this machine to jack up my whatever yeah well the know. driving force but be behind him and his work isn't it the fact that his father passed away and um, hey, right and life extension technologies and yeah stuff but he like he actually is is working on this thing he's collected absolutely every single because his father was a musician wasn't he, he was a composer he's collected every single piece of music that, that, that he'd written all his scores all his diaries and journals all ephemera from his life because he, he literally thinks he's going to feed it all into like a giant sausage machine in the, uh, at some point okay, and, so let's and stop. then out the end of it is going to be his father again right. reborn. Okay, so let's stop there real quick <laughs> and this is the point I would make off of that tangent mm. are we comfortable enough with ourselves to play God because up until this point at least with the history that we know there's a selection process that goes beyond our sentience Yeah, like I don't know how long you're going to live. You don't know how long I'm going to live. There's a bit of kind of odds making in that based yeah. on genetics and random whatever. Hmm. Are you ready to play God? I mean, look around the planet. <laughs> Are you ready to trust anybody out there hmm. with how long you're going to live and what you have access to? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, I don't, it's a terrifying I don't care prospect. how sexy Elon Musk's beautiful ideas sound. Even he's sounding the alarm bell that we got to watch this because this thing's going to spin out of control really fast. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I don't care what you say, there's still going to be a human being standing behind all that technology going, yes, no, yes, no, yes, yes, no, no. Yeah. And that's frightening. Yeah, true enough. Because as we know from his history, an individual is always able to be sacrificed against the collective goal of the mob. Hmm. Yeah. A true collectivist vision is we got to get everybody on the same page and we're all going to prosper because we want everyone to eat and we want everyone to, you know, and I'd like to see that happen as well, as too. So that's how the singularity stuff's going to be sold to us. Yeah. You're yeah, going to live longer. Be... It's going to be a better planet. I don't buy it. As long as a human being is standing behind a system, I don't trust it'll be a meritocracy. Yeah. It's going to get into some other politics. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, history, 
history's kind of proven that's that. exactly what i'm trying to say yeah that's what i'm trying to say yeah so are we willing to play god are we willing to let an ai system play god instead of god play god or are we willing to supplant the rule of the divine because we think we're going to figure it out better yeah but the, the thing that i was like, going to say like, was uh, sorry like let's say there's life extension technology right yeah let's say let's say let's say somebody taps into like a genome or something hmm. and as long as you and i get the the spiritual screwdriver genome thing you and i are going to be guaranteed to live at least 30 percent longer because it's over going to overcome some sort of genetic thing right yeah as long as it's there for everyone cool but you know that ain't going to be the way it's going to work no no it's like have you got the money to get on the arc essentially or you know yeah do you know the guy at the front door to get in the club it's the same exactly it's the same shit you know what i mean yeah and i'm saying that as somebody who has access to that world yeah i don't want that world i'd rather live a shorter life knowing that it's not going to be this weird cyberpunk winners and losers and people in high towers i don't i don't I don't want that to be part of the world. I'd rather I'd rather perish fighting that world than go along with it as if we're going to end up in some sort of utopian, you know, everyone's going to hold hands and love each other. I mean, we we got a lot deeper psychological problems to work out. Yeah. But then I think that's one of the the reasons that art exists, right? And music. Because that, that depends that's it depends, on, like it depends the, if the you want to point to. Yeah, well, there are people who through the force of their That sounds a bit No, I know, it's, not, but, it's totally fine. Yeah, it does, but uh, <laughs> let me let me take it back to to the to, to the to the to the street art of it all. Um, now, now I'm totally lost in the jokes. Sorry, that's <laughs> totally fine. Uh, where were we? <laughs> About art being, being. Oh yeah, the... yeah. No, there are people who are are so gifted at what they do that they make a political statement without trying to make a political statement. Yeah, it happens. Something sometimes is just so. It's like. Is a butterfly political? The answer is no, but can it be? Yes, mm. because there's nothing more beautiful and fragile than a butterfly. So it's an easy point to make. As Mick Jagger once said, when the government was after the stones, you know, why why break a butterfly on a wheel? It was like a famous quote. Yeah. It's like, you've got all the power in the world and you want to crush us little butterflies here in our Victorian coats, you know? Mm. It's a quote that still applies. But of course, now he's sir, so I guess all is forgiven. Point being is, if you're conscious and you want to weaponize yourself in the bigger fight, mm. that gets into a whole other set of dynamics. And I can go down any rabbit hole you want to get into. That gets into the culture war. That gets into conspiracy theory. Mm. That gets into fighting against the machine. And who is the machine? And who can you trust in the machine? And now you're into Orwell territory. Yeah. We can go down any rabbit hole you want to go into on that. Because you're talking about the artist as a weapon. Yeah. Or as, you know, Woody Guthrie had an, on his guitar, you know, this machine kills fascists or whatever. Yeah. Because how is it that some guy with a funny voice from the Okies can change the world when he doesn't have the machines and the levers of power? Because, and, that, and, and because so, that's, the, that's the intrinsic part of what makes a, a person a person, isn't it? That there is that, that spark within them. But isn't the contra- but isn't the contrarian point of of nineteen eighty four? Think all you want; it's not true. Yeah. Yeah. Are you greater than the mountain? Are you greater than the controlling force? I mean, think about it. How crazy is this, right? We sit in a very civilized country. 
in a very civilized world. And there are people on this planet right now that are in slavery, yeah. that have, they're under political regimes where they literally have no human right. And we sit here comfortably sipping our tea, and we in Western countries are okay with that. Yeah. That's how crazy our world is, Yeah, is that we can sit here comfortably and sort of go about our business and moan and whinge about our, you know, our first world problems. When there are people in this world who are still living like it's 1642, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. That is nuts. That shows you how the human mind works. We, are, we so can't deal with the horror of it, we don't deal with it at all. We don't deal with it at all. We don't yeah. actually let it, let it enter our consciousness because it's so horrifying and it shows how little power we have. So back to the other point. If you want to weaponize yourself as an artist in the public sphere, those are you get into sort of epic forces. In essence, you know, David versus Goliath. Yeah. Is my little song or you know, your drawing or whatever, is that as powerful or more powerful than this weaponized culture? And it is a weaponized culture. And it goes way back. Of read course. history. Read about the Florentines. Read about the Tsar. It's not like somebody invented this 20 years ago. Yeah. This is just the latest version of media plus bullying plus thought police plus flag plus whatever. Hmm. You know, and then you have to start making really weird choices. Like, like in America, you now got people saying, anthem is racist, flag is racist. It's like... Now we have to choose, like, so we're going to choose a different symbol without doing a self-review? As yeah. if somehow getting rid of an object is going to sort of ma sort of magically atone for our sins? Yeah. But then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's a funny one because I think you're saying about the, the idea of symbols and what they represent. That that's everything, isn't it? I mean, that's how everything is governed. It is if you let it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think. Like, what but is as the? We're saying more people are becoming more and more aware of of. Uh, yeah, but freedom is in the Buddhist tradition. Freedom is not being attached and not being attached to not being attached. Mm. You understand? Yeah. True freedom is, I really don't care. Hey, you wanna do that thing? Great. And I don't care if you do it or you don't do it, it doesn't mean anything to me. That's true freedom. Yeah. So what most people do is they con convince themselves that freedom is 
the ignorance of something or the letting go of something or the non-opposition to something. That's just a different form of, of enslavement. Yeah. True freedom is the libertarian ideal of we're all governed by the same laws. We generally agree. You go about your business. I'll go about mine. Let's live in peace. And together we'll form a culture that will be uh, one plus one equals 400 or something. That's the true libertarian ideal. Yeah. So again, we have cultures that are being weaponized to convince us that that's what we're doing while we're doing the exact opposite. But you, saying, we're reaching a critical mass here where the information age is in contrast to the illusion that we've convinced ourselves of. Hmm. Okay? That doesn't mean destroy Western civilization. We don't need the 22-year-old punk, you know, Mohawk haircut version of anarchy. Hmm. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Why? Because we like to use the toilet. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather not defecate in the street. You yeah. understand? Like, we can, we can do this in a nonviolent, effective way. But in order to do that, we must self-examine ourselves and our cultures and be accountable. But do you think, going back to it, I know I feel like I keep going back to it, but do you think art has a, has a part in that? Or do you feel that now that it's been so, it's so been commodified that now become another means of, no, of it's enabling been, those rules sorry to, to Sorry to change your language. It's been co-opted. Yeah, okay. Think about this. How many artists in the world, I'll, let's speak about America because it's something I know well. How many artists in America stand for the machine? It's remarkable. Yeah. I've never seen so many people in the arts stand for the party line. That's frightening. Yeah. Because they of all people who have the access to the greater information should know that the system shouldn't be trusted so comfortably. Hmm. Why are they going to bat so hard for a system that isn't even serving their... But then isn't that the, just a case of somebody settling for the lesser of two evils in, in, no, that, in that situation? No, they've convinced themselves of a hypnotic state. Convinced themselves of it or just succumb to it? Both. Or yeah. if I had to pick, I'd pick your answer. Yeah. I think that's it. So you don't have to tear the machine down, but you have to start by what movie am I in and do I want to take part in this hypnotic state see this is funny because i love to sit on the internet and look at things like vigilance citizen and um those kind of sites where like an artist will put out their new video and somebody has sat there and dissected the entire thing as if it were a, um like an esoteric checklist right and then i really enjoy that just going through those things because you then get the people going you guys are fucking crazy this is all bullshit what are you talking about but then you also it's it's almost like it's i don't know like double bluffs you know to the point where now there's there's become like um like a language within certain forms of arts especially visual art when representing music videos etc mm -hmm. that that there's this whole lexicon of, of symbols that get used because they know it will create chatter. Do you know what I mean? In the sense that I think there are people that truly use certain symbols within their work, and that's not just for nefarious means. I don't mean that in a sense. Yeah, but mastery is, is control but not suppression. Yeah. Picasso was in complete command of his symbolism and his form, but he's not 
laying on top of you. Yeah. The language of modern propaganda is demanding you submit, which yeah. is why it's referred to as a culture war. Yeah. Why is culture as a battlefront so critical in the information age? Because it's the meta narrative that is driving the story. It is no longer the controllers driving the story. But the story so the is controllers still the same. are just the controller. No, true, but the controllers are entering the scrum because they can't control the scrum anymore. Yeah. So it's inver it's it's inevitable that in in a deconstructing society, which you can argue in sort of a general way that Western society is is deconstructing itself. And hopefully will reconstruct itself in a nonviolent way. But in that deconstruction, people start Very looking under rugs that they never looked under before because suddenly, you know, and you, you start seeing this, the, the deeper meta symbolism in a Stanley Kubrick film or something. You start saying, okay, he was trying to warn me of something, but he was doing it in a way that would kept him safe. Hmm. And so I would argue that sentient awake artists are engaging in language that only people can truly see and hear are hearing and seeing. And they're willing to do it at the expense of their own whatever their own ambitions do you see that um let's put it this way there is a secret silent war going on in the world yeah right yeah i, I don't i don't to what aim right well the same as it's always been which is the exactly the yoke exactly yeah exactly so in that way if but you're then, a true troubadour you are in the lineage of jesus christ and gandhi you know you're not in the true lineage of you know, I don't know, Scott Joplin. I mean, you're, that's a different, that's a different trip. So that's what I'm saying. Do you want to weaponize yourself to try to stop the violence? At what point did you realize that that was something that you wanted to do? I think I knew it early on, but I was able to kind of micromanage it in my brain as sort of like against the record label or against MTV or against the hypocrisy of the New York, you know, intelligentsia. Smaller symbols. For, well, eventually I realized pictures. as I went yeah. up the chain, I realized that they were connected to bigger ogres, which were connected to bigger ogres, which are connected to bigger ogres. Hmm. Yeah. So when was that for you, do you think? And and how do you think you consciously then started applying that into the, what you were doing? Well, I, I, I mean, at the risk of sounding pompous, I think an artist doesn't understand that translation. They just do it. Yeah, I agree. And people, as we were saying the other if day. If you're skilled, people resonate to it. Yeah. I mean... Warhol was a provocateur at a very, very meta, deep level in a way that's still being felt. Yeah. You want to talk about the ultimate prankster. I mean, he pulled a good one on everyone, but he did it with consciousness. It wasn't like an accident. Yeah. You know, that's why it's like he kind of played this weird, clueless character on purpose. It was part of what he was doing. The times dictate the position, too. Yeah, I think that is, that's the one thing that I would, in an optimistic from an optimistic viewpoint would like to think would be the benefit of of times when they become truly truly crushing is that as things get squeezed tighter and tighter the things the great art and the great music the great writing get squeezed out as a as a result uh, and a reaction yeah, but to oftentimes that. the culture isn't able to see that until much much later yeah that's true I mean, let's use the uncomfortable analogy of, of, you know, the Weimar Republic going into the Nazis. Yeah. There were Weimar, arti Weimar Republic artists like Otto Dies yeah. and Bertolt Brecht who 
were ringing all the fucking alarm bells and yeah. nobody heard them or they blew right past them well they people did now we hear, can go back and i think people did hear them and i think that's why they then started having exhibitions of degenerate art sure as a me because because but, ridicule and mocking is is the greatest okay, form of censorship so, so stop time for a second yeah they didn't stop what was coming was was their risk worth it yeah i think so you'd like i would to think agree so, right well if, if if your argument is between you and god the answer is easy yeah if the answer is between you and whoever's trying to put a boot in the back of your fucking head the answer is no yeah yeah it almost seems <laughs> when when you look at things in this sense right if we were to view it that there is this two opposing forces and one has all the resource the money and the power and the other side of which has creativity and and things that look very uh, un we have to imposing. be imposing you have to be on the street to understand the street yeah but i think i think those things are really really powerful in in a in a conflict of those types well rightly <laughs> so it, well but but true true balance is like, it's like you know the classic thing it's like you sit to somebody on the street and talk about anarchy you know mm. right back to my bad analogy it's like i don't mind traffic laws i don't mind the red light i don't mind a stop sign mm. i don't mind a speeding ticket like i can live in a civilized society yeah that's not the issue. The issue is the civilized society applied equally to everyone in the way that is presented to us via propaganda. Yeah. And most thinking people go, yeah, that's, that's a laugh. That's not really true. We've all seen people get off because they have money or you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. I mean, mm. that goes back to Roman times. It's not a new story. Yeah. But we're entering an age now where because the populace has access to so much information that rings their intuition that tells them something's funky here yeah and just like a roman ruler the controlling class keeps waving off that messaging like oh nothing to see here nothing to see here mm. like you know i'm an observer from the other side of the pond but i saw much of the press leading up to the brexit vote and the brexit vote was treated like yeah right not gonna happen of course not gonna happen but oops that- by the way it happened yeah so how were they so off in their read because, as you say, about tech companies feeding people certain algorithms. The digital, the digital ghetto. Yeah, it's, and it's, yeah, it's, you know, the echo chamber keeps getting bandied around. Like somebody now. I was working with yesterday said they don't know one person in their, in their social circle that voted They're for voted. Brexit. Yeah. Not one person. Of course. Well, that's because you choose to hang out with people that you'd like to think are like-minded people. You're not going to hang out with people well, that, it's that, what with they, totally opposing views. What's what they call confirmation bias. Yeah, of right? course. Um, where are we going with all this, right? I don't know. We should get back onto. Uh... <laughs> no, it's fine. Because I, I, I want to. Where are we at? Actually? No, it's fine. I want to. I want to hit one more, one more spot on it. Go on. Because it's a controversial thing to say, right? Where does this all go? And my answer has been recently violence. Hmm. Okay, so let's. We've said all these things, but let's go back to the simplest part of the narrative. Why would there be violence if? there's a sort of kind of general waking in the populace that takes it closer to something that resembles the truth. It's because they've been lied to Mm. and nobody likes to be lied to. Okay. And then you start doing the simple math 
and you don't see an institutional reaction. The let's call it the the coming populist, nationalistic, whatever those urges are that are sort of rumbling, mm. you know, politically, socially. Those things have been happening for twenty plus years. Yeah. The scary part is you don't see the ruling classes of the world going, okay. Let's click over to plan B. We need to sort of slow this down and figure out something that continues the rule of law, establishes, um, let's call it the most peaceful path forward, why everybody at the table, including the capitalist society that has a lot of money invested in factories and stuff, Mm. let's kind of find a new balance that equates an, an awakened populace that doesn't sort of just believe propaganda versus the the concerns of the class that maybe takes on a lot more risk than the guy with a 40k a year job or something right there's yeah. a there is a balancing point i believe in capitalism so i'm not anti-capitalist yeah you don't see that reaction coming you see a deafening roar of propaganda but then i think that's a, it's an inbuilt thing isn't it that, that that's just and i don't mean this as, as as an endorsement but that is just the way it's always been and i think people look at it and use that as their means for acceptance Right, but I guess what I'm trying to say and posit in so many different ways is we might for the first time in human existence that we know of be reaching a critical mass where that no longer is effective. Yeah. So the, the silver lining would be before it gets to this wacky place, hmm. there will be a, a different tact taken. If we look at just what happened in Catalonia, hmm. I mean, clubbing women in the streets because they want to an illegal vote. I don't know enough about the, the specifics, yeah. but I mean, you see the images. That's yeah. all you need to see. Yeah, I've been to Catalonia. You know what I mean. I I went down and sat on the coast and had my funny soup. You know what I mean. I don't remember thinking this is like a place on the ready on the edge of res- revolution. Of course, but then those places never do seem that way until until that's upon them. But again, in 2017, it's like. Why are we still having this? It's because we refuse to be truly accountable to the sort of shadow in our own systems. Hmm. Like, why is America sort of uh, stuck, you know, because we've yet to elect a woman president. Why are we stuck in this kind of paternalistic, we need dad? Yeah. Like, even recently, I'll give a perfect example that's a little less political. Um, We've had these big hurricanes, and now we've had this horrible shooting. You see these headlines where it's like, uh, President Comforts. Now... I'm sure it's comforting to to people in those situations like, hey, the president cares, resources are going to be applied, we're not going to be forgotten, this is a concern of the national government. You know, I mean, that's valuable. But in yeah. the, the underbelly of it is still this idea of the dad's got to come. Yeah. You know, dad's got to come and Show say, face. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's a, there's still a sort of weird psychological need in the American psyche to have dad still kind of say... It's okay. It's going to be okay. Hmm. Like, maybe we need to get past that we need a guy to tell us it's going to be okay. Yeah. Maybe we need to figure out how to be okay so then that conversation is different. Yeah. No, I agree. Because then, because then the political class learns that it spends more time appeasing and comforting and cajoling than it does talking about real solutions that are going to affect the common person on the street. Hmm. That's what foments this unease. Because if, if, if it becomes weaponized which is my favorite word of the week you know if it becomes weaponized then at some point you're thinking yeah this isn't real Hmm. 
you know, when is a photo op not a photo op? You know, you see the guy loading the boxes in the truck. Or, yeah. You know, is that important symbolically or is it just a photo op? You know, you get into that weird thing where it's like nobody believes the symbolism anymore. Yeah. And you don't, I guess what I'm trying to dig at, you don't see the symbols being replaced. You see the symbols on the street level being replaced. And then suddenly it's like, it's okay to wave the communist flag in America. Like, that's cool. You know, communism responsible for 100 million dead in the 20th century. Like, yeah. that's cool. But you can't wave the American flag. It's like it gets into weird, like, upside down world stuff. Yeah. So to, to your point, maybe what the artist can do is, is create new symbols. Yeah. But then, yeah, I think that's what, what music and art are, though, right? Well, that's the language. That's the dream language. Yeah. Well, as, as we were saying... Why are people crying at the end of the Roger Waters concert when the pyramid comes up? Yeah. Like, what is it about the pyramid? Is it because it's dark side of the moon or it's... We all understand the pyramid in some sort of quasi-DNA history or something. Deep in your reptilian brain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Back when we were slaves. Yeah. But then when we were talking yesterday and we touched on it briefly and I, and I was saying that uh, I believe that great artists are more than the sum of their themselves right well history proves that yeah um and and that their works obviously then live on but i i believe that i always feel weird saying this but we discussed it briefly yesterday mm. anyway that, you, that that you're channeling things right i feel yeah yeah so surely that is the well for me that's why it has a spiritual component yeah a force greater than myself outside myself is imbuing me with something that I don't possess or carry, that I'm able to translate like a... I'm more of a translator than I am yeah. a scribe. Yeah. So somebody's speaking alien in my ear, and I'm spitting it out, you know, in broken English. Yeah, alien's a good way of putting it. It's funny, I did, I did one of these with Alan Moore, and he said um, a great thing, which I'll never be able to repeat verbatim and quote properly, but he said uh, um, that great artists are like windows. And that they should they should work on themselves to make themselves as wide and as big and as clean as possible to let as much light through, but never fall into the trap of of looking down on the floor and seeing the sun shining through on the floor and go, oh look at what I made, aren't I great? That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, he said what, it in a lot more profound manner. That was a very well, no, beautiful, but, it, but also the world projects on you that you are the. You are the sun, you are the window, and you yeah. are the light on the floor. And that's where you, that's where the artist gets lost. Yeah. It's like, I made that. Yeah. You know, it's me, uh, me, 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 me. Of course. That's what we do in wrestling. When somebody talks about them, say, me, 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 me. Yeah. It's been a, a lot of me, 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 me. It's a tough one, though, to actually, to be able to see through that and realize, I mean, that that's a, a truly great form of enlightenment, isn't it? To be able to to make these things and realize that you are a means of making them rather than the source of making them but then I think that's a that's a beautiful thing in the sense that that is our way of fighting back against things that are of a lot darker nature like we've been discussing for the last but those things can only exist if we tolerate them you see hmm. they're reflections of our own unclaimed shadow but do you think it's that? easier it's easier but to rail at Pharaoh than it is to say why do we need Pharaoh Okay, but so hypothetically speaking, if if we're to say that beautiful art is a uh, 
is coming from a source. Okay. Right? From this As side. As is nature. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What makes the plants grow? Yeah. Okay. And it's coming through this side, and it, and, and we, we do our best to, to facilitate those things happening. Would you agree, then, that there are other things coming from another direction, which is what's making things so shitty? Or is that getting truly into the realms of... Well, that's physics. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's a very uh, diplomatic way of putting it. Right. No, I, I, I sometimes refer to it as, as satanic energy. Yeah. You know, there's there's some talk on, on the web sometimes that pop stars are in league with Satan, hmm. which is funny because it used to be Rock Judas, Pri Judas yeah. Priest was in league with Satan. Now it's pop stars. Yeah. Okay. You reach a wider audience that way in the current climate. Perfect. Satan's, Satan's going to the hoop strong. Okay, but here's the thing. If we're talking about the realm of symbiology... Hmm. pop stars through their own feckless ambition are engaging in a form of luciferian power uh, occultism yeah. by attaching themselves to symbols which maybe they don't personally believe in but, or understand or understand well, this is what i was trying to say earlier okay perfect but through the either through their ignorance or their own power lust hmm. they're bringing forward forces that have deeper codes and you know inner revelations than they were they basically they're playing with funky dark fire that they probably don't even understand they're playing hmm. and and because they don't understand the principle the window and the light coming through they think it's about them yeah. they think the hero worship is about them yeah I, I i read this thing do you think it's would you would you actually say that it was luciferian then because in a sense that's the word i would use yeah yeah okay I believe because it has. For, I believe it has a spiritual dimension. I do as well, but I think Luciferian would be that wouldn't be necessarily the word I'd use. I, I just think that Beelzebub. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. It just seems like that uh, archetype has been painted into a dark corner by people for certain means, right? I'm not attached to it. Yeah. To me, positive, negative. Each teaches us something properly balanced. Things live on. Yeah. You try to supersede duality and get to singularity, but not with a fucking chip in your brain yeah. that somebody up on the West Coast in America made, but you go to the actual Godhead, which you already have the technology for. Yeah. So you want to you want to go down that road? Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy the world that you will make. So here's the thing. So I started watching, watching the film earlier, which was a nightmare for me because I was trying to watch it on a fucking phone which had no signal <laughs> oh my uh, pillbox yeah oh, okay cool yeah and the immediately as soon as it started visually i thought it was i thought there were cymatic images because uh, the, the kaleidoscopic images i thought you know cymatics mm -mm, no okay so that if um certain frequencies things vibrate in a certain manner oh yeah, right? yeah, okay, yeah so you yeah. you must have seen that uh, well, i say you must have i'm just where where a guy will have a tin plate and he'll put it on top of yeah, the yeah, speaker yeah, and, and he'll throw yeah, yeah, sand yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it, yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of guys with synthesis does that. Does yeah. It, and I've, of course, yeah. dabbled in synthesis, so I get it. Yeah. I thought it was that, which I thought was an interesting... Yeah, my partner in the thing was more on about it than I was. Okay. I'm sort of still on the fence. I don't mean it critically. It's like... Because I was more after, like, obvious narrative form. But yeah. she's also a great artist, so... She's attracted those things unconsciously, so I trust yeah. her to language it in a way that's compatible with mine, and that's why we're a good team. Yeah. Um, 
but, but even as they, I'm part author, I don't totally understand her attraction to it. Mm. But it's interesting you got that from it. Yeah, that was the, the first thing I thought That's immediately. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That makes me appreciate it because I, you know what I mean? I'm sitting there thinking, oh, we, it should have been better because we should have done this, this, and this. It's no, technical because stuff. It, yeah. yeah, the idea of, of sound resonating and, and creating yeah, form. Yeah, it's fantastic, yeah. In the beginning was the word, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's why Jimi Hendrix was good at what he did. Yeah. He knew exactly what frequency to hit when and where to hit you with it. But then there was a lot of psychedelics involved as well, which is maybe well, maybe that gave him access to the yeah. to the technology and to the information that he needed. Yeah. And don't forget, he was doing it at a time where uh, that wasn't me uh, being disparaging. No, no, way, no, I don't take it. it. No, no, I'm saying is sometimes <laughs> it's important to put things in proper historical context. It's easier for us to sit here and say somebody 50 years ago. Um, let's say language something in a perfect sometimes you have to remember how bold that was within the oh, yeah. within the moment yeah like he's a hundred years ahead of his time he's not even 20 yeah yeah it's mind-blowing when you actually sit and look at it that way i was going to say one thing just to cycle back on a point okay because it illustrates something that i think is very valuable um it was somebody talking about um youth and the lust for beauty and you know, every generation has its, you know, it's Marilyn Monroe's and whatever, you know, pick your current version of it. Kim Kardashian. I was going to name names. Um, what the what the person said was quite interesting, and it was from years ago, the quote. It was like, it's amazing how much energy is spent in pursuit of the goddess as a symbol, mm. but the minute they lose their life and they're in their ground, nobody cares. Yeah. So what that does is, is it distinguishes that the ephemeral and temporal part of beauty, which fades for all of us, if we've been lucky enough to mm. be blessed, is not the thing that's the true attractor. Mm. Because once the, once the true animating force is withdrawn, well, here's your body. Yeah. It's very interesting, right? Yeah. In essence, it, it, it points us back to what truly matters. So, okay, here's a good way to end one of my heroes love is all you need okay it couldn't be simpler and it couldn't be truer hmm. so until we're ready to have a true conversation in this world about love and the sacrifice of love and the true responsibility in love we're going to do everything to avoid the subject and violence is a really really easy option to avoid gee i feel vulnerable how do i know i'm not going to get left behind yeah you know where's my pitchfork great <laughs> thank you thanks man <laughs> we do this every day we're gonna we're gonna end up in singularity <laughs> together <laughs> yeah awesome thank you cool thank you thank you for listening to swim podcast episode number 20 my thanks to Billy for the conversation, but also to Andy and Hannah for helping sort all this out. You can find Billy on Twitter, which is at Billy. Amazing. How good is that? Uh, Instagram, you can find stuff at Ojilala, which is O-G-I-L-A-L-A, -A, and also at Smashing Pumpkins. I can be found at Daniel Picata on Instagram and Twitter. The podcast is at Swim Podcast on both. The William Patrick Corgan album Ojilala is out now. It should be bought rather than streamed if possible. Um, he's going to be touring the album in the US throughout October and November. And if you remember to subscribe 
on Acast and iTunes. Please leave a five star review on there if you were digging it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And also spread the word. Thank you. Peace.